Good afternoon. I'm Eric Von Hessler, filling in for Eric Erickson. We do a show called The Von Hessler Doctrine every week, 12 noon to 3 p.m. on Sundays. We also have a podcast three times a week, The Digital Doctrine, which you can only get if you download that WSB radio app. So don't be silly. Download the WSB radio app. On that show, I've got a whole cast of characters. When I fill in, I bring in my buddy, Jared Yamamoto, my producer. How are you, Eric? My friend, my buddy, and the handsomest producer in all of producery. So uh, I'm doing well, man. So uh, fill me up with some headlines. What's going on today? And we can talk to people about. Well, how can we not start with Trump and Wild? Well, you always have to start with Trump because there's a rule in talk radio that says you must have at least 13 minutes per hour on Trump. So we are not going to run afoul of that rule. So go ahead. While the Wall Street Journal says that Donald Trump needs to clean up his act or drop out of the race, Trump fans are pointing to a new Arizona Freedom Alliance poll showing him leading Hillary. Hillary Clinton, 67% to 19%. Did you say Donald Trump? Yes, leading. So when was the last time you've seen our country win at it? It's a gold medal for the U.S. and a golden ending for Michael Phelps. We don't win anymore. The final five taking home the gold. The women's U.S. gymnastics team flipping, tumbling, and vaulting through the big glory. We don't win anymore. We all stood in amazement four years ago in the 800 free, and everybody in this arena doing the same as Katie Ledecky smashes her own world record. USA! 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 Wow. I agree. Wow. Wow. I think if I had to uh, look at the world today and have a one-word analysis, or a two-word analysis, USA, wow. I think I agree with Donald Trump (laughs) as we continue with the most ridiculous presidential campaign of all time. Still, we have a uh, congenital liar versus a madman. (laughs) USA, wow. I couldn't agree more. So you say uh, there's a poll out there. That Trump fans have been calling talk radio all day long, according to Jared, who is the producer of the morning here, saying, you got to look at this poll because this is the real poll. Now, what does this poll say? The poll even says at the bottom of the page, please, everybody, copy and paste to your Facebook status so everyone knows that the other polls are rigged. Well, it worked. We're here. We're talking about it. So this poll says that she's ahead by 67%. Or no, he's ahead. He's ahead, 67%. It's wow. A poll. It's, the, the other polls really got it wrong, didn't they? completely wrong over here. 67%. And apparently it was 13 graduate students from all walks of life yeah. that met to discuss stuff. 13 people who like and have served in the military, and they said they called Americans around the country. They said 1,000 people per state. Per state. And they say they got this figure of 67%. Now, here's the question. Here's the problem with just starting your own polling outfit, you know, is uh, where's the data? Where's the backup? So there's a story out there that says we called 1,000 people. They were a perfect mix of Democrats, Republicans, whatever. But if I want to, with a Reuters poll or an NBC poll or a Fox News poll or CNN, I can do the deep dive into the actual data. Is that available from this? Or are we just listening to people who said, hey, we get together, we talk about things, we decided to do a poll that would validate what we already believe? With bad grammar here, it says, our poll is taking registered voters 
voter list, and we accumulated 33% Repub, 33% Dems, and 34% Independents. And what's the name of this? What is the name of this, this polling This is firm? the Great Arizona Freedom Alliance poll. The Great Freedom Alliance poll. Well, listen, if you believe this poll, I have... Uh, uh, many bridges and some swampland. I would like to <laughs> look. I know that people want to believe that Trump is not imploding, but in order to believe that Trump is not imploding, you would either have to close your eyes or not believe what your eyes tell you. And here's something I believe: it's Atlanta traffic bad. That's why we have Doug Turnbull. Hey, yes, sir. And please don't close your eyes and drive if you're trying to perform that experiment there. Thank you. Five thirteen WSB above La Vista and the right lane is getting up to that crummy eighty-five ride, Eric. That's where I stand, folks. A congenital liar versus a madman. This is the way that I look at the presidential race, and neither of them will be getting my vote, so I'll try to be objective with you. So uh, Donald Trump gave his uh, foreign policy speech today, right? It was uh, just one of the ones where he's on teleprompter, so he didn't go off message, he didn't call anybody any he names. He spoke a little softer and yeah. you know, with longer phrases. You know, and- if he did the teleprompter thing every day... It might be too late now, I don't know. But if he did the teleprompter thing pretty much every day, didn't go off script, he would still have a chance because this is a, this is a race that the Republicans should win. If you just, if you remove the personalities, which is very difficult, as this is a, this is a race where Donald Trump, uh, the Republican nominee, is the most disliked nominee in history. Do you know who's number two? Hillary Clinton. His opponent, this <laughs> Hillary Clinton, is the second most disliked nominee in history. So we really got something on our hands here. So, uh, but if he if he stayed, uh, you know, on the teleprompter, I think he'd do better because for the most part, after eight years of one party, it's kind of natural to go to the other party. We've got an economy that is stuck in second gear. There's all kinds of reasons to decide to go with the other party and uh, kick a little life into this thing. But uh, it's not. According to the polls that don't have him winning at sixty-seven percent, now I don't know <laughs> that one. I got to call that one an outlier. I, I maybe just maybe I'm brainwashed and part of the liberal media, but I got to call that one an outlier. Uh, so he spoke uh, on uh, the former- Trump administration will establish a clear principle that will govern all decisions pertaining to immigration, and we will be tough, and we will be even extreme, extreme. The time is overdue to develop a new screening test for the threats we face today. I call it extreme vetting. Exactly what you need to be associated with your brand right now. There must have been a long meeting for that one. We've done the studies. What you need to be known as, Mr. Trump, is extreme. This is a word that we need to start banding about because people apparently are not getting the message. What are those buzzwords, Eric? What, 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 do, what do we need right here? Mr. Trump, how, what, what can we use? Extreme! Extreme works. Huge is old. Extreme extreme will work. So Biden also spoke today about... Uh, do we have time for this? Yeah. Biden uh, was speaking, and he went into this whole thing about the nuclear codes and uh, Donald Trump. There's a guy that follows me right back here, has the nuclear codes. So you're supposed to point that guy out in public. I'm not so sure you're supposed to point that. You know, if you want to tackle him and take him, God forbid anything happened to the president. And I had to make a decision. The codes are with me. All he is not qualified to know the code. He can't be trusted. You have typical news reports from Never Trump WSB Radio. Y'all put on freaking Joe Biden. Like the stupidest politician in the whole country. The guy's a moron. 
You know what? That makes you all morons for putting him on. Nobody cares what Joe Biden has to say. The guy's an idiot. <laughs> he happens to be the vice president. You might want to cover him if you're a news agency. <laughs> all right. More on this and other stories when we return. back. Eric Von Hessler in for Eric Erickson. Jared Yamamoto. This is the biggest load of bull I ever heard. Jared Yamamoto is here along with me. Hey, what's up? We're talking uh, We're talking a little Trump because we're talk radio and that's what you do. You talk Trump. You upset people. You upset people sometimes when you, when you call it the way you see it. People get so angry and Trump followers get so angry. I don't know what they expected. You know, you're running for president. People are going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at you, right? That's part of running for president. Especially on our poor open mic feature. And, well, yeah, and I love that. And people should call the open mic feature and, and let us know what they think. But uh, it's it's interesting to me because, uh, for me, I'm watching Trump. And I, the other night I was watching him in Altoona, Pennsylvania. And I swear to you, in the middle of his thing, I just thought, this guy's having a meltdown of some kind. I could be wrong. I'm not a psychologist or a therapist. I'm not licensed, but just sitting on my couch, just the uh, just the way you know, the guy spends more time settling scores with everybody who's written anything about him anywhere, anytime. Apparently, he thought he was going to run for president, and he's just so damn great that everybody was going to get behind him, and everybody was going to know, Jared, I don't know if you know this about him, but he builds stuff. And huh? uh, the idea was that once the word got out that he builds stuff, Everyone would look at the country and go, well, here's a place where we need some building. And we'd all get behind him. And he was going to be the presidential candidate that no one ever questioned, apparently, because he spends half or more of each rally answering the critics from the day before when uh, people who have actually won the presidency basically ignore about 97% of what anybody says negative about them and kind of moves on. Now, my Donald Trump fans, my, the, my, the people I know who are into Donald Trump say, what you don't understand is that this guy is changing everything. And so because you've looked at presidential campaigns uh, since you were alive, you're not, you're not picking up on this one because this guy's speaking to people and he's resonating in a way apparently that they won't tell pollsters that they're actually going to vote for him. This is so new. This, this is a new thing where everyone's going to vote for him, but none of those people will actually tell a pollster. And you've got uh, uh, Trump out there saying uh, things like, well, crooked see." What is it? He says, uh, I can't lose unless... Is everybody here voting? If you do that, if you do that, we're not going to lose. The only way we can lose, in my opinion, I really mean this, Pennsylvania, is if cheating goes on. I really believe it. That's the dumbest thing I've heard since this. I'm Jim Barksdale. I'm not a politician and I can prove it. I wear this hat. I mean, come on. What is going on in this country? Did we run out of people who are actually qualified to run <laughs> for offices? I, what is the proof? If, if uh, Donald Trump believes that the only way that he can lose this election, in that specific moment he was talking about the state of Pennsylvania, then there should be nothing. No speech is nothing. Only information and data that he has to back that up. Surely he wouldn't go out there and rabble-rouse with it just being a notion. He wouldn't say that if he didn't have actual hard data. Or do we live in a country now where hard data and facts are really irrelevant? Eric, we feel like throwing a fit. I sound like I'm more anti-Trump than I actually am. I want Trump to get a television show 
and I want to watch it every night. <laughs> I want to see Donald Trump talk about politics and what's going on in the culture every single night. It could be on Fox News, counter-program, go to MSNBC, get them some ratings, whatever. I tell you, I am absolutely... Uh, I, I, I'm not like other people. I don't think he's a racist at heart. I don't, it's not the cartoon stuff that, that pushes me away. It's the fact that the man is running, in my opinion, the most amateur hour presidential campaign I've ever seen. Now, if he wins, if it turns out that this, that this poll that says he's up 67%, over oh, Hillary. This is, this is the most known poll ever. It's the Arizona Freedom Alliance poll, Eric. You know, I would say something really, you know, uh, shocking, like, if that's true, and he wins like that, then I'll quit. I won't, I won't ever come on the radio again. But I'm only 52, and I'm about halfway through my mortgage, so I'll just give you my notions, people. If it turns out the other way, I'll pretend I never said it and keep on moving like all good pundits do. So follow me. Follow me into the next half hour when we return. Hey, it's great that you guys uh, keep mocking uh, Trump and uh, Eric and all these guys. Now there's Von Hessler or whatever the German guy is. That's right, the German guy, Eric Von Hessler. Filling in for 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 Eric Erickson, and we occur, we encourage more of the open mics. Got that WSB radio app. It's a blast for you. It's a blast for us, and uh, you can let us know how you feel about this, that, and the other. You know, it's it's interesting. Obviously, I fill in. We're on Sundays, noon to three. The Von Hessler Doctrine. Uh, critics are calling it the greatest radio show in the history of radio. I have way too much humility to say that that's the truth. I'm just here to let you know, as a reporter, so modest. that others, yes, I could never say such a thing <laughs> about my own show. I'm just saying, but I'm being a reporter letting you know what others are saying. And uh, so we have a, you know, maybe the people who hear me when I fill in here maybe don't really know where I stand. And we open up with all that sort of what appears to people to be anti-Trump. It's not so much anti-Trump. I'm just telling you. Uh, right now, that uh, just so you know, I, I wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton if you put a gun to my head. As a matter of fact, I haven't voted for a Democrat since the early 90s when I was young. I don't vote for Democrats. Ask me why I don't vote for Democrats. Why don't you vote for Democrats, Eric? Because every time I hear a Democrat speak, this is what I hear. It's all Eric's fault. Yeah, Eric and guys like Eric. All of our problems are because of attitudes like the one that Eric has and people like Eric. So it, it's it's not even a personal thing for me. I look at that and I go, they don't want my vote. <laughs> so if they're going to blame me for everything, I'm not one of these people who walks around with a guilty conscience about the world. I think I'm pretty cool. I think I'm pretty all right. I'm not out to hurt anybody. And so I'm not going to listen to activists or politicians that tell me what I really am. Get the hell out of here. I don't need you telling me what I really am. And so I would never vote for a Democrat. I'm a libertarian at heart who will vote Republican. And all I'm saying is the Republicans at the presidential level had me for the last four cycles. You don't have me this time. So that's up to you to decide whether that's important or not to you. What I'm going to tell you is you not only have to replace me, but you also have to get like two for the me that's leaving because... 
the last two times you had me, you still lost. So it's not enough just to replace me. You have to have me plus somebody else. And if you think that that's okay, you want to get rid of people like me who've been voting with Republicans. And I understand when people say, well, what about the Supreme Court? What about the Supreme Court? If, if Hillary gets in there, it's going to be years and years and years. Maybe she'll have up to four picks. I will say, yeah, you're absolutely right. But that's on you. Because I'm not a natural Republican. I'm a libertarian who sometimes votes Republican. So you should have thought about the Supreme Court thing before you put this guy up as a nominee and lost me as a vote. You, it doesn't work this way. You're not allowed to throw a hissy fit and then come to me with an ultimatum. It doesn't work that way. Your job is to think this. If you're part of the rank and file, you're part of the, uh, you're part of the base of the Republican Party, your job is to think about things like the Supreme Court and other things and, and name a nominee who can win, by the way, what should have been a very winnable election. Also, let me tell you this. As much as I think this has been a pretty bad campaign by the Trump campaign so far, he could still win. Events can happen. There's still 80-some days. A week is a year in politics. That's a fact. And an awful lot. Of, and with Hillary out there, a congenital liar, who knows? Who knows what could drop two weeks before the election? Who knows what we could find out? Uh, so he could still win. But uh, don't bully me with your nonsense about the Supreme Court. I'm telling you what I know. So far, this campaign, this Trump campaign, is not going well. And if you want him to be president, you need to stop pointing fingers at Germans like me and start calling that campaign and demanding that they do a better job at being focused and putting themselves in a position to actually win the White House. Focus your rage the right way. It's certainly not toward me, and it's certainly not toward Doug Turnbull. He's doing everything he can to get you through this mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people do get mad when they hear the bad news about traffic. we got to give it to you every six minutes from Georgia 400 and Sandy Springs around to I-20 in the gas county here. What I want to say is uh, I love the Trump supporters. I love you people. I just have a disagreement with you, that's all. So that's what politics is all about. Well, you said you wanted to uh, yeah, answer I, my, my, my recent Yeah, rant. I trust these 13 graduate students that are from all walks of life that were in their basement and came up with this poll that says that Clinton has, or, or that Trump is leading Clinton 60, 67 and 19%. Okay. They're right. They're right, and you're wrong, Eric. Okay. All right, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. What a baby. So... That's all. I don't want to. I don't want to come off as somebody who's beaten up on the Trump campaign. What I'm saying to you is, every time when you hear stuff, people say, "Well, it's just the liberal media," and they're taking what he says out of context. And this is what he really meant to say. And then again, Newt Gingrich again on tonight on four shows. This is what he really meant to say. It, my point about Trump isn't about politics or whether he's a racist or a xenophobe or anything like that. I just think that basically he's an amateur. And here's my proof. Since the convention, how many times has Newt Gingrich or any other surrogate had to come on TV and tell you what Mike Pence really meant to say? The answer is zero. None. Why? Because agree with him or disagree with his politics, Mike Pence is a pro. He understands how to run for office. This is where my criticism is coming from. It's not really about policy so much. It's about the fact that... uh so far, his candidacy has not been ready for prime time. All right, if I haven't lost all of you yet, we're going to do some more headlines when we return. Hey, it's great that you guys uh, keep mocking uh, Trump and uh, Eric and all of you guys know this Von Hessler or whatever the German guy is. 
Oh, Eric, Eric von Hessler, yeah. You do not want uh, the Fuhrer Trump into the presidency? No? Well, what about Shrillery? Shrillery Clinton? No? She's as well very crazy. Libertarians unite. There we are. There we are. I'm the German guy, Eric von Hesser, filling in for the Viking, Eric Erickson. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of, maybe people have taken this first hour the wrong way. I didn't want it to come off as anti-Trump, but certainly the response has been as if it's been anti-Trump. So I'll take your word for it. And uh, so let me just uh, finish the hour off with uh, something that I sort of agree with Trump on. I don't know if we're exactly on the same page on this, but he gave this foreign policy speech today where he said that the vetting is going to be changed. It's going to be... Uh, the di- time is overdue to develop a new screening test for the threats we face today. I call it extreme vetting. So I, I said this weeks and weeks ago, and a lot of the reason that there's a pushback to the idea of uh, well, you can't ban all Muslims because you can't do that in, on a religious basis. But even the idea of saying we're not going to take refugees from these particular countries because we can't vet them properly and there's terrorism there and we just can't know. A lot of that pushback comes from the millennials, the millennials who have uh, who have who just come of age and realized how wrong the rest of us have been doing it for so long. Like how you immediately target me here. Exactly. You know, so the millennials are squishy and gushy and they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So I came up with a question. Now, here's the problem with any kind of ideology test you can just lie right so if i ask you are you uh, are you a terrorist uh, no no i'm not i mean who's going to admit it so given that problem with asking any questions i would say a question that i think should satisfy all millennials and will get you to exactly what trump is talking about is here's the one question you have to answer properly to get into the united states of america do you believe that women have exactly and in full all of the rights that men have at all times for everything everywhere if the answer is 100 percent yes you're cleared to move on to the next person if the answer is no then you're not allowed in it's just that simple because with that one question you can suss out so much about what a person's attitude is and the millennials can't accuse you of anything but being a damn good feminist. You see, the Von Hessler Doctrine, Eric Von Hessler is here with solutions. Aren't we tired of fighting? According to the open mics today, apparently not. So more stories, more fight. Eric Von Hessler in for Eric Erickson. It's great that you guys uh, keep mocking uh, Trump and uh, Eric and all you guys now this Von Hessler or whatever the German guy is. Eric Von Hessler, guten Tag. Hillary Clinton is very crooked. She cannot be in the office. And Trump is crazy. He has much beta carotene in his body. All right, auf Wiedersehen. Welcome back. That's right. The German guy, Eric von Hessler, in for the Viking, Eric Erickson. Welcome back. Jared Yamamoto is here with me. What's up, Eric? I've really, now that I'm in deep, you know, there's a part of me that's like, I didn't want to, I didn't even want to go down the Trump trail today. I don't know what it is. It's, they, they got us here, but it's been a lot of fun, and I've enjoyed the back and forth, and we're going to go on to other things, because it's been an hour on Trump, and if you've ever spent an hour on Trump, you know, that's about enough. So, uh, but one more thing that I want to say for people, and I, and I say this in a way for people. 
people who are fans of Trump to say, look, if you really, I'm a libertarian, I'm going to park my vote with the libertarians this time around. I'm not voting for Hillary. You couldn't convince me to vote for Hillary. It's not even possible. Uh, but if you want Trump to be president, I'm trying to do a public service here. This is a public service announcement. You need to start holding your candidates' feet to the fire. Okay? Because they're made of clay, whether you realize it or not. Stop worshiping at the statue of Trump. Stop believing that everything is some other country's fault or the media's fault. And start looking at your candidate and start putting pressure on your candidate to get better, to get more focused. And this is what I'm going to tell you. Here's another thing that you can pretend that you didn't hear. All right? This is something that does not Come from the liberal media. Now, you're going to hear what I say, and many of you will have a knee-jerk reaction that is, well, it's coming out of the radio, and that's media, and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you something, whether you like it or not. guy named Nate Silver, are you familiar with him? Uh, not really. You're not familiar with anything, are you? Yeah, I guess not. not uh, let's go on track though. here for a moment. Jared Five, Yamamoto. Five, eight, nine, or what, whatever that organization is. Jared Yamamoto. Five, seventy-two, whatever. Jared Yamamoto, who I was having lunch with today, and it just came up apropos to nothing. He told, I, I don't know how it came up, but he said, I've never heard of Jack Kerouac. How can a person get through school and never hear of the writer? But anyway, I don't want to go down there. I'm, I'm, I don't want to go down there. You didn't know who Nate Silver is. Nate Silver, 538 is his website. Now, this guy, Nate Silver, he started off in sports numbers, but in the 2008 election, he got 50 of 50 states right when it came to how they were going to vote. So his predictions were spot on 50 out of 50 states. In the 2012 Mitt Romney election, he got 49 out of 50 states right. So when Fox News was telling you, you can go to bed early, Romney's got this one in the can, <laughs> Nate Silver was there to tell you differently, and he turned out to be right, 49 of 50 states. So if you go to 538, he has a running, I don't know how he does this algorithm, I don't know how he does this, you can put it down now, Jared, I've seen it, uh, <laughs> I don't know how he does this algorithm, but they run the election with all this data like 20,000 times, they do it constantly, so you can go to this website and see this guy, who again, got 50 out of 50 states right in 2008, and 49 out of 50 states right in 2012, if you go there now, it says, who would win the presidency today? He has Hillary Clinton at 90.6%, and he has Donald Trump at 9.4%. Now, let's get those knees jerking. Oh, that liberal media, they're at it again. So give me a break, Doug Turnbull, and tell these people how to get home. No bias here. We're just going to try to get around, get you around at 613 WSB, route past 78 in DeKalb County, Eric. Oh, that Eric Von Hessler, he's just part of the liberal media. That's all. He's just telling me what, what the people done brainwashed him to believe. All right, that's enough Trump. That's enough Trump. So, uh, let's I go agree. On to it. Yeah, it's enough Trump. Do we love Trump? People, 
Go ahead. Give me another story. So we'll come back home with this one. Georgia plans to expand the work mandate program that requires food stamp recipients that don't have children to get a job. And it's going to be from the three counties. <laughs> Why is this something that's even the problem? Is this scandalous? So basically what you're saying to me is we're finally going to get around to telling able-bodied people who don't have children so they don't have to stay at home with their kids. We're gonna, we're well, apparently get... it worked in Cobb, Gwinnett, and Hall, but they want to expand it to uh, 24 counties now. Why wouldn't it be the other way around? Why wouldn't it be the default that if you're like 23 years old and you're able-bodied and you don't have children, now if you have children, we have to think about, well, you may not be the the, the brightest bulb, <laughs> but we have to worry about your kids not starving. Okay, I get that. But if you're 23 or 24 and you're able-bodied and you don't have children, how did you ever end up on uh, assistance to begin with? I don't even understand this. Well, you know, if you're if some people are able-bodied but have trouble finding work. I mean, unemployment oh, for a while. Think about, think that, about it. From that, like 2008 no, and beyond. No, no, there's always a job. There's always a job. This came out of the Great Recession. There may not be the job that you wanted, but there's always a job, and no job is humiliating. What's humiliating, what's, what should be seen as humiliating, is I'm 23 years old, I'm able-bodied, I don't have any children, and I'm on government assistance. Let me tell you something. If you're 23 years old, you're able-bodied, you don't have children, and you're on government assistance, you're not even alive. Can I tell you that? Like, you're not even alive. You're, you're, not, you're not taking part in life. You're not doing anything. The writer says safety net advocates worry that recipients who can't find a job will lose the help they need to fulfill those fundamental needs, Eric. And, you, and that's you, basically you, putting food on the tables. You know what? You're uh, heartless. What, what, you know what makes you? I know that. It, you know what makes you get a job? Hunger pains. <laughs> Hunger pains <laughs> will make you realize I didn't think I wanted to work here, but as it turns out, I'm going to work here for a while because. I, my tummy hurts, and I want food in it. That's the whole concept here. Now, we're talking about able-bodied people with no children, no dependents. No one who's able-bodied, you know, of sound mind and body, should be on government assistance, especially if you're young. If you're older, that's a different thing. But especially if you're young. How do we get to this point? How do we get to this point that the default isn't that, of course, you wouldn't be on government assistance if you're able-bodied but no children, to we're going to expand this out? Is he the social safety net? The social safety net? I believe in a safety net. But this isn't a safety net. <laughs> this is a floor. <laughs> this, is a, this is a cauldron that you can't get out of. This It's a safety cauldron that you then can't get out If you're not working when you're able-bodied at 22, what are the chances at 37 you're going to wake up and go, now's the time? Most of the Georgia Democrats disagree with you. Oh, what a surprise. All right. That music tells me i got to stop talking for just a brief moment. But when I come back, this I guarantee, I will begin talking again. Von Hessler, man, it's great to hear your voice, man. Uh, I know you got some some great views and some great perspectives on, on things, but for God's sakes, man, take a breath. 
I'm amazed that these people uh, can have enough sense to be able to use the open mic feature and uh, figure out all of these newfangled technologies. Tell them to get off your lawn, Eric V. Eric V, that's me, Eric Von Hessler, <laughs> filling in for Eric Erickson. Jared Yamamoto is here with me, and we've been talking way too much about Trump. I certainly do know that. But there was one other little piece of information I wanted to give you. I don't know if, if this has been reported all that much, but uh, you know that Nate Silver I was telling you about, yeah. 538. Which, again, I have to set up that uh, he got all 50 states, he called all 50 states correct in the 2008 election, called 49 out of 50 states, so he's slipping a little bit, 49 out of 50 states he got right in uh, in 2012, and right now he says if the election happened right now, 90% chance that Hillary would win, 10% chance, basically, that that uh, Donald Trump would win. And if you dig down into his page a little bit, this is pretty astonishing, did you know Trump is in fourth place with black voters? What? Fourth. Fourth place. Behind Hillary, behind Gary Johnson, behind Jill Stein. He's in fourth place with black voters. Again, before you're knee jerks and you say, I'll brainwash liberal media, this is from the guy who got 50 states right in, 20, in 2008 and 49 out of 50 right in 20. Now, he could be wrong. He could have maybe had a lot to drink between 2012 and now. Maybe he's not as good as he used to be. I'm just giving you the track record of the guy. And he has her at 90%, him at 10, and fourth place amongst black voters. Now, a lot of people are saying that the Trump voters won't tell the pollsters that they're voting for Trump. If that's true, if you've ever taken statistics, man, oh man, oh man, does that have to be true. <laughs> In order to turn it the other way around, it really has to be true. So, uh... So there you go. So give me another story. We got another story we can hit here? Yeah, sure. So the Martin Luther King Bible dispute is finally over. The Bible will now belong to his two sons who sadly plan to sell it. Well, yeah, the daughter wanted it's, it was hers, I guess, in her possession. Correct. And they wanted to sell it for the foundation because the foundation needs money. And uh, but, you know, I'll tell you something. I don't th this foundation has been, in my opinion, been mismanaged. All, all the way along. And they, they do stupid things like this a lot. Do you, you know, the I, I have a dream speech is very difficult to find. The reason it's difficult to find is the foundation copyrighted it. So you can't just put it anywhere. You have to pay the King Foundation or whatever it's officially called before you can, can feature the I have a dream speech. And as a result, we have generations of people growing up who are not exposed to one of the greatest speeches in American history. It's like sitting on sitting on a, on, on a spotlight so nobody sees it. Uh, the effect is they get a little bit of money. The movie Selma couldn't use the speeches because they couldn't afford to use the speeches. It's very, it's very selfish, I think. I think my opinion, and I'm a capitalist, is that the I Have a Dream speech was given in public at a public event, and it belongs to America. But it doesn't surprise me that uh, the King Foundation is mismanaging because that's what they do. Well, apparently the Nobel Peace Prize that he won could be next to be sold, Eric, too. Yeah, we'll find out more about that the next yeah, couple Yeah, let's days. sell it all so that who knows what they're doing over there. It's a horribly managed foundation. It's too bad. Great man doesn't mean you're going to have great kids. All right. Wow, the music says, I'll be back soon. Hey, my Hedler. Just the fact that you're getting all this calls about your hand truck rhetoric. 
I'll tell you the holders, you know, lies, and Trump must be doing something right, although you keep preaching he's doing it all wrong. Yeah, he's doing something right. The newspaper's going to hell. Maybe we'll start thinking about taking their press credentials away from them. That's one of the things maybe he's doing right out there on the campaign trail. I'm Eric Von Hessler, in for Eric Erickson. And so, look, you got the uh, open mic. People are, are, are flooding us with open mics. You got to have the WSB radio app for that. If you don't have it, download it. Uh, this, everything that I do ends up there, right there on the first splash page, Von Hessler Doctrine. You go in there, you get the Von Hessler Doctrine, which is on Sundays, noon to three. And then we do three podcasts per week called the Digital Doctrine. They're all there. Everything else, you can have WSB with you everywhere you go, and you've got that. You've got the open mic where you can, you know, people get mad that I don't take phone calls. That's about rhythm. Give me the open mics. I'll play them. We've played them, so get your app. And we also have emails. People are emailing and tweeting and that sort of thing as I as I look at Jared Yamamoto and yeah, I see yeah. nothing going yeah, on. And it's kind of, no, it's kind of behind funny. his eyeballs. No, it's kind of funny because somebody, uh, this lady <laughs> named Jen Greer, tweeted us and said, "You know, Eric, why don't you mention Gary Johnson or Bill Weld by name? I mean, why do you always say I'm parking my vote with the Libertarian candidate? And that's a good question. I always well, wondered that. Everybody too. has a conspiracy theory. I have no problem telling people that I'm voting for Gary Johnson. You didn't earlier. Now I didn't." Because uh, not a, that's what I'm saying. Everything's a conspiracy theory. Uh, so, yeah, I'm voting for Gary Johnson. And in the very beginning, I will tell you that I, I will say I would, would say I'm parking my vote there. As the campaign moves on and I'm more exposed to Gary Johnson, I don't have any problem saying, yeah, I'm voting positively for this guy. I don't think he's going to win, but I'm voting positively for this guy. Because, you know, the libertarians don't win. And, and you know, I sound like Trump now. They don't win. They don't win ever. They don't win. So it's hard to go in that direction and think that you're going to win. And usually the libertarians are fringe. You know, it'll be some weird author they had back in like 2008. I can't or, remember the guy. the guy that stripped during the convention this yeah, year. So quite often you have eccentrics who are running. Sometimes it's a business guy. This time around, also he ran last time around, but uh, this time around... Uh, you've got a ticket of Gary Johnson and Bill Weld, uh, two two-term governors of blue states. Gary Johnson was the two-term governor of New Mexico. Uh, comes out with uh, pretty good reviews, flying colors, actually. Bill Weld was the uh, two-term governor of the bluest of blue states, really, Massachusetts. And uh, so I think you really can make the argument that this time around, the so-called fringe candidates are the most qualified for the presidency, not only in what they've done in the past, but their demeanor. There's something about governors too. I, I don't governors understand do what better it is. because it seems they that way. They're, they they are executives of a state. So uh, until Clinton won, I mean, until uh, Obama won, uh, I think that was the first senator since mm, Lyndon Johnson. I think, and he was already the vice president when he got in there because of Kennedy. I don't know when a senator won. Before it might have been Kennedy, it might have been JFK, it might have been the, the last senator, unless I'm forgetting somebody. So it's often governors that become presidents, and I think some of the thinking behind that is they've done an executive job. They've run a state that's more like running the country. And when you're a senator, all you do is just debate things 
and most of your stuff doesn't get through. So it's a different qualification. Uh, so, Nixon was a senator from 1950 Nixon, to yes, 1953. That's true, but he was a vice president in between. Right. So he, but he was a senator, though. He was a senator. The last guy who was uh, a, set, a sitting senator when he became president, I believe, was JFK. So, uh, so it doesn't happen very often. So, and the reason is because they're governors. They have a little executive experience, and uh, people believe it gives you more experience to run the country. But that aside, uh, the problem with the libertarians is I don't know if they're going to get 15% in these uh, polls that they need in order to get into the presidential debates. And Gary Johnson has said as much. If they don't get in the presidential debates, they don't have a chance. So, uh, yes, I'm voting for Gary Johnson. Does that end the conspiracy theory from one person? I have a conspiracy theory that Doug Turnbull is actually the cause of all of our traffic because he knows that that's where he gets his money from. Now, what do you say to that, Doug Turnbull? Uh, I'm ready to hear the open mics to back you up there. Hey, listen, <laughs> the last senator to become president was the current president, by the way. That's what I said. I met before Obama. Okay, okay. I was about to say, I because I, I was with you. I was like, I was going Kennedy, and I was like, wait a second, that, that guy from Illinois. So yeah. there we go. That was my whole point, Doug Turnbull. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I need to get back to the traffic. He's heavy all the way down past 78, Eric. All right, back to me, Doug Turnbull. Thank you very much. Uh, another story, please. Something that's not Trump. Yeah, Eric, remember the hashtag bring back our girls? Oh, do I ever. Well, Boko- I was so surprised it didn't work. I mean, after all, people got on, on Twitter and said, bring back our girls to these terrorists. Yeah, the hashtag's got that magical power, though. I thought uh, hashtag diplomacy worked every time. I thought when self-righteous people got together and made self-righteous statements on social media, the terrorist would surely quake in their boots and give the girls back. Are you here to tell me that that didn't work? No, it did not. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Well, that group, Boko Haram, has released a new video showing some of those girls being killed, allegedly, by Nigerian airstrikes. Yeah, like they, 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 uh, they kidnap these poor girls, and the West's response is, we'll start a hashtag. I'm a millennial, and I've decided that the way people have solved problems like this throughout time is not good enough. We're smarter, we're better. We'll simply go to this uh, Boko Haram, and uh, we will make a request. Could you give us back our girls, please? Huh? What? Did you hear us? No? Something? What a surprise. What a surprise that terrorists don't listen to millennials who make that stupid heart shape with their hands. You know what I'm talking about? Let me tell you something. If I see you making that heart shape with your hands, I never listen to anything you say ever again. You're making it right now. I'm making it to make a point. When I see somebody make that heart shape with their hands, that means this person is not a legitimate thinker. We have more when we come back. I originally was not a Trump supporter, but I'm smart enough to know that a vote for anyone other than Trump at this time is a vote for Hillary. We have to think more towards our Supreme Court and make sure that we have enough conservatives on there so that way our Constitution will be protected. All right, listen, Eric Von Hessler in for Eric Erickson, our final break here. Yeah, I agree with you. I've said this earlier. The Supreme Court is very important. And the rank and file of the Republican Party should have thought about that. Yes, you're right. It is very important. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You can't have a hissy fit and then... Come to me with an ultimatum. You should have thought about having a nominee that could win. 
because the Supreme Court is so important. That being said, look, I've been wrong once or twice. I think once in the 80s I was wrong, actually. So it has happened before. <laughs> and uh, there's over 80 days left. This guy can still get his act together. He can still focus. and He can still win the White House. But I, Eric Von Hessler, is always going to come to you with uh, the way that I see it. I can be wrong, but that's the way that I see it. The worst presidential campaign I've ever seen in my life, and I've lived through Dukakis and Mondale. And that's pretty bad, my friends. That's pretty bad. Not ready for prime time. I'm just giving you uh, the cold truth. Oh, that's it? We can't talk about the fact that today's the 47th anniversary of Woodstock? Don't you feel old, Eric? I was five years old <laughs> when Woodstock happened. Yeah, I feel really old. I was in kindergarten. Man, the Kool-Aid. <laughs> the wavy <Don't>, gravy. <laughs> they used to say, don't drink the raspberry Kool-Aid. All right. I'm Eric Von Hessler. In for Eric Erickson. Download the WSB Radio app. There's a Von Hessler Doctrine deal there. You'll get the Sunday show. Yeah, the Sunday show. The Von Hessler Doctrine is on every Sunday from noon until 3. We also do three podcasts per week that are only available on the WSB Radio app or evhdoctrine.com. What is that? Oh, yes, this uh, Friday morning we will be filling in for Herman Cain. That'll be the full experience. That's the full Von Hessler Doctrine. That was uh, today's show. We'll talk to you again on Friday morning for Herman Cain. Sean Hannity's up next.